You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, February 25th, 2022. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And today, as promised, is the Tyler Matheson sit-down. Super cool guy. Really, really cool guy. Very easy to talk to. Was an open book about everything. Was was great with all the questions I asked him. Really chill guy. Fun fun to, to, to shoot with. Um, so that will be today's show. I'll send you uh, that way. Like I said, really cool guy. Got some insight on uh, the, the draft process, his collegiate career, what type of pitcher he is, what he wants to work on, um, pitching in Comerica, his favorite Tiger of all time. Uh, resounding answer. Big, big fan of a of a certain Tigers pitcher. <laughs> not, uh, not, not too surprising as he is a pitcher himself. Uh, the plans for the future, stages of development he's in. We tackled a lot. Was a like I said, really, really cool guy. So we're gonna send you that way. So without further ado, here is the Tyler Madison interview. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Tigers. And today we have Tyler Madison, as talked about yesterday, Tigers' fourth round pick in last year's draft. Tyler, how you doing, man? Not too bad. I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, the first question I ask all the, the pitchers that we have on the show that are in the Tigers organization is when you hear that you're going to Detroit, is your first thought Comerica Park? That sounds like an awesome park to pitch in. Yeah, it does. The, the uh, exact thing that went in my mind is just, uh, you know, I remember playing MLB The Show uh, growing up and just, you know, whenever I had a chance to pick the field we play at, it was always Comerica just because, uh, you know, it's tough to get the ball out of the park there. Yeah, big time. Yeah, no, it's it's really funny. We, we've had uh, RJ Pettit, who was in your draft class, and, and Bo Brisky and, and some other guys, and, and every pitcher that has come on has said the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, Comerica seems like a pretty nice place to pitch yeah, in. no doubt. Um, yeah, and and I mean the in, in the minors and I mean all the way through, we got some we got some really good uh, defensive center fielders too, and that you know takes a takes a hell of a man to, to man that center field. But um, yeah, I'm I'm sure it's uh, I'm sure it's a very kind of a a nice feeling going and, and hearing that and then knowing that you know <laughs> America seems like a nice place to pitch it. Yeah, very, you know, it's a definitely a pitcher-friendly uh, park. So, uh, you know, it's always always another feather in the cap there, uh, you know, being a pitcher. So, For sure, for sure. So, uh, drafting the fourth round last year, the I, I think one of the, the cool things to kind of dive into is on – in the draft process, like leading up to the draft, you, uh, you, you had – did you have like a lot of communication with the Tigers? Did you kind of know that that might've been a possibility or, or did the fourth round come around? And you were like, Oh, like, I, I guess I'm a tiger now. Yeah. It, um, kind of this, kind of the latter of that. Um, you know, I, I mean, I, I talked to, you know, the Tigers and the, the Northeast scout was, uh, you know, Mr. Jim Bretts and he's a super nice guy. And 
Uh, you know, I remember meeting with him uh, my junior years, you know, first time I met him and, you know, always stayed in contact with him and, you know, had a, had a very good relationship with him. Um, but, you know, when draft day came, I had, I had no idea, you know, um, I had no, no expectations of where I was going to go in the draft. You know, I was just hoping I got that, that chance and that phone call, you know, and, and heard my name called and just get the opportunity to go play minor league baseball. And, you know, the, the Tigers called and, uh, you know, something I can never refuse and just, you know, so grateful that, uh, you know, they had a lot of faith in me and they were, they were, took me where I did. Yeah, no, I mean, fourth, fourth round, that's a, you know what I mean? That That's a hell of a statement. That That's something that, uh, that, that you can hold on to forever, man. Like that's a, that's a really cool thing. Um, so, so you had a, a, a little bit of talks, but it was kind of a surprise going, I, I guess, in the post draft process, what did the next, what did the rest of the summer look like for you? Like involved with the Tigers organization and such? Yeah. So, um, the Tigers had, uh, the whole draft class go down to Lakeland, um, and everybody, but specifically the pitchers, cause that's who I was around all the time. Um, you know, just kind of getting, getting used to, you know, what, professional baseball is you know getting used to the facilities and you know knowing everything where everything is in tiger town and um just kind of getting acclimated with it and you know the philosophies that the that the tigers have about pitching and about just the whole organization so um you know for the for the two months we were down there we just kind of you know we're around lakeland and you know just you know working out and just learning from the coaches and just trying to you know understand the philosophy and the culture that they've established there um so that was kind of that was really cool and just to get our feet wet with uh with minor league baseball and you know fast forward into this, this spring, kind of, you know, we can catapult and hit the ground running when we get down there. Awesome. The, uh, I, I think one of the more interesting things too, is, is the Tigers as an organization, uh, in the Dombrowski era, like 10, you know, eight, 10 years ago, were considered to be pretty, pretty old school when it came to their philosophy of, uh, development and, and analytics and stuff like that. And then in the last, just several seasons. I mean, especially when, when we brought in Hinch just kind of turned into a, a whole reboot of the entire organization's philosophy. And uh, we, we've seen them use a lot more advanced analytics and invest a lot more into that area. Have you experienced any of that yet? Like any of the, the maybe what, whether it comes from development or, or, or scouting or training or whatever, just the, the advanced analytic kind of overhaul that the organization has had? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, um, you know, way more individualized. Um, that's that's more of the analytical standpoint, you know, is it's not just like a cookie cutter model. You know, it's it's more of, you know, what do you do well, you know, and what don't you do well and kind of, you know, build off your strengths and then, you know, obviously continue to build, build on your weaknesses as well. But it's, you know, like I said, it's more individualized and just there's a lot more uh, data and a lot more, you know, analytics to look at. And, uh, you know, it's encouraging because there's a lot of stuff that, I had no idea about. And, you know, when they're going over things, it's, it's saying, Oh, like, it looks like in this game, your fastball played well, or, you know, your changeup was a good pitch this, this outing. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to see that, that you can, without them even watching the game, they can see that in the numbers. So it's, you know, it's, it's really encouraging. It's cool to just keep learning and just keep developing, um, you know, on stuff that you don't even have to see. Yeah, no, that, that is that I'm, I'm sure that's wild from, especially not coming from like a huge school, just like stepping yeah. in and then having so much information on you immediately. Yeah, I'm sure is a, a, a nice little wake up call there to start your, your professional career. But yeah, they, they, they really have revamped, you know, everything top to bottom. And, and that's uh, a reoccurring theme with a lot of people that we ask within the organization are like, yeah, you know, the, the advanced analytics part of it um uh they're they're really big on FIP now too like that's the that's like the organization's favorite stat and and 
no longer really looking at ERA. Like you said, individualized, just like what you can control. And and as a pitcher, how – I mean, you, you kind of talked about how, uh, how cool it was to see all the information, but going forward and, and looking ahead – how how nice is it to to or how does it help you I guess to look and and know that that's how the the setup is. Yeah, because it's it's something you can base base yourself off of, you know, and you can kind of once once you get more information and you know I get you know more innings and I get to kind of see you know my successes and you know the failures of everything and kind of just have you know more of a track record and can kind of compare you know how how far I've developed. And, you know, where I'm lacking and just kind of, you know, continue to develop both and just and just learn from the ups and downs and, you know, the ebbs and flows with everything. And that's that's the cool part about, you know, analytics and data is is once it's there, it's there. You know, it's never going to go away. You know, it's not just like a, it's not like you feel it one day like, oh, I felt good today. Well, like, well, why did you feel good today? You know, right. like, what was you know, was your fastball good? Was your breaking ball good? So it's you know, it's nice to have that to fall back on to always, you know, revert back to and kind of see, you know, what, what went well and, you know, continue to develop off that. So going, let, let's just jump right into to you, the pitcher, and, and the arsenal and, and the pitches that you have and such. Um, really lively fastball. That's what everybody was kind of excited about on draft night when, when the people started making the rounds, learning more and more information on you. Really good fastball, solid changeup. What, if you had to pick, this is also one of my favorite questions to ask. If you had to pick any pitch in your arsenal, favorite pitch if you have two strikes on a hitter, what's, what's your favorite pitch? Uh, I mean, it's tough not to say fastball, it but, is. <laughs> um, you know, my, I, I like to throw, I like, I love change up. Um, that's just the pitch since I stepped on campus, uh, my freshman year, I really, uh, just found a feel with it. And it's kind of a pitch that I've gone to in a lot of big, big situations in college and just a pitch I really trust. Um, but you know, it's between those two, but it's, it's tough not to go heater, you know, with two, three strikes, but but, you know, it also isn't everyone nice every once in a while to just to pull the string and, uh, you know, to, to see the hitter out in front and, you know, get that swing and miss. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, it depends on the setup and everything, too, I'm yeah, sure. Exactly. But, but, yeah. What's up, guys? Just got to jump in here really quick and tell you all about our friends over at Built Bar. It's the time of year where most people have given up on their New Year's resolutions, but not this year. We're all sticking to it if it's to eat right, and that's thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because everybody actually enjoys eating them. If you haven't tried the new Puffs, you have to. You're missing out on one of Bill Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy cinnamon churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie they're all so good and these are going to be your new favorite all built bars are covered in 100 percent real chocolate puffs included that's 100 percent real chocolate low calorie high protein replace your candy bars with these they're better a typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to three hundred calories most built bars contain 130 calories four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. You can pair that to the candy bar, which usually has about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate, cookies, and cream. They are all delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. They th- If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it. It will be delicious, and it will be good for you. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off of your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built. 
com. In your freshman year, you made uh, some appearances out of the bullpen and then mostly for the rest of, of college. Uh, you're a starter, drafted as a starter. I think that's probably the intention. But um, what's the difference in because you were effective out of the pen? I mean, you, you like you were. And, and so what, what's the biggest difference in in style or in mindset when coming out of the pen versus first starting? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me was just uh, was like, like you said, mindset. It was just not getting too locked in early, you know, with and not getting too juiced up, you know, even getting off the bus and being like, all right, kind of knowing you're going to come out of the pen that day. Like you're one of the guys up, not being like locked in, you know, ready to go five hours before the game, you know, sure. kind of just like, you know, if you're starting, it's one thing. Cause you know, you're getting the ball and you're totally rubber at six 30 or whatever the, whenever the game's going off and you know, you kind of, all right, you know, I'm going to, this is my day to pitch, but throughout of the pen, I kind of had to learn to like, you know, settle down, you know, don't get, don't get too excited. You know, once, you know, the fourth, fifth starts rolling around, all right, now get your body going, get your mind, you know, start locking in. So that's kind of the, the biggest difference, you know, I, I felt, you know, coming out of the pen compared to starting. Yeah. We, uh, we, we had, like I said, we had RJ Pettit on and, and he had done uh, both pretty like in his draft year had done both. And mm-hmm. he, he was like, yeah, like, coming out of the pen you just turn into an adrenaline junkie you just yeah. like gotta get like all riled yeah. up right away yeah 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 no it's there's a there's a kid that uh, i didn't get to play with he got drafted the year i got on campus and uh he's with the indians uh his name is james karen and uh he was he was a starter here for forever you know for his whole tenure got drafted as one started out in minor league and then got moved to the pen and you know so I, I pick his brain, you know, talking to him about different things. And, you know, he's he's the same way, just just different mindset and like, you know, not getting too juiced up. But uh, like you said, like he's just like it's all adrenaline. He's like once you get going and once you hear that, once you hear the phone call down, it's your name and you're like, all right, yeah, hot, you're going in. Like that's when, it, you know, it all kicks in and you start to get that adrenaline rush. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, So you, you were a starter, though, majority. And like I said, drafted as a starter. Do you are you uh, a, a big pregame ritual guy like you got to have your game days all look the exact same or are you more of a I'm, I'm just going to go out there and shove yeah uh I mean I, I definitely do some things that you know I try to do every time but when it comes to when it comes to game day like you know I'm a pretty relaxed guy you know like some guys don't you know some guys on my team they didn't like to be talked to they had their airpods in you know getting locked in like I was just I'll have a conversation with you if you know before I step on the mound to get my pregame bullpen up you know I kind of just don't you know, I try not to get myself all worked up and, you know, don't get the mind racing, just try to be comfortable. And, but, you know, I, I like to lock it in, you know, obviously before I get going, but you know, I'm a pretty, pretty relaxed guy, pretty chill guy. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's, like I said, there's some things that I do, but uh, there's nothing I have to do. I don't have like a pair, lucky pair of socks or anything like that. <laughs> sure. Sure. The, uh, I, looking at your collegiate career too, there was a, you know, your junior year, like COVID year and everything, just I, I'm sure it screwed up everybody. But but I mean, you took a, a huge jump in, in productivity and, and everybody struggled and in 2020. And that was just a disaster of a, a year for the planet. But um, what what things did you work on in that jump from your junior to your senior year that might have helped you take that that big step to go from where you were then to, you know, fourth round talent? Yeah, just a lot of mindset stuff, uh, you know, reading, reading different books, um, you know, just, just in being ultimately confident in myself and in my preparation, um, you know, because I, I like to think I'm a, I'm a you know, hard worker, but everybody's a hard worker, you know, so um, 
but just like sticking to a routine and just really just diving into baseball, you know, and having all that free time, I was able to, you know, watch a lot of guys like, you know, pitching ninja is a great guy to watch. He's oh, content out there, you know, and, and, uh, you know, ironically, my favorite pitcher of all time is Justin Verlander. And he's a guy that, you know, I always, I love to look up to and, you know, even growing up, anytime he was pitching, I flipped it on and watched him and, you know, just, there's a lot of things out there with him that he talks about and what he did. And, you know, when he went through that little struggle, you know, when he was with the, back in the Tigers and then he yeah, reinvented, yeah. It, reinvented himself and became, again, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And, you know, just kind of everything that he talks about and just, just taking bits and pieces from, you know, everybody and just different articles out there because there's so much information you can read. And, um, you know, just really just diving in and, and being a baseball junkie, you know, and just kind of, you know, just seeing and trying out different things. And if I liked it, I stepped, kept with it. And if I didn't like it, I didn't, I didn't, didn't stick with it, you know, so had a lot of free time on my hands. So. Well, that, that Verlander comment's going to make you a lot of fans. <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. He's, uh, he's just so much fun to watch and he's just been doing it every single year. And, you know, the cool part was with him is, you know, if you didn't get to him in the first couple innings, like you weren't getting to him, you know, he got better and better as the game went on. And that was something Crazy. that it was just like, you know, he just, you know, he's like 94, 95 first inning, and then it's 96, 97, then he's 100, 101 in the seventh, eighth inning. It's like, what is going on? You know, and <laughs> it's just, just a guy like that. He's just such a competitor, you know, and just such a fun guy to watch. And, you know, he's one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, no, that, that is, that is definitely where he, that and the curveball, man, that, that, those were the two things that, that he yeah. made his brand here. I mean, we would, we would watch for, like it, it at like 36 years old. Like, what are you on, bro? Like, what are I we know. doing here? Like, we're pumping a hundred in the eighth <laughs> inning at, and you're pushing 40. Like, what are we doing, man? He's just a specimen, just a rare breed. Animal, absolute animal. No, we're, uh, I'm glad that he's healthy again. And I yeah. think there's still within the fan base a lot of hope that <laughs> maybe he ends his career back here. I think yeah. that's a, that's yeah. a pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty wanted thing within the organization. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so finishing up your, your collegiate kind of career, um, I, I want to go back to the, the very early days and kind of the, the end of your high school career and why maybe you picked Bryant and, and what your, the end of your high school career looked like and, and what led to, to the decision to you be, becoming a Bulldog. Yeah. Um, when I was getting recruited, like I had my parents and I had no idea, like, about anything about baseball recruiting or anything like that. It happened just so fast. It was the back, it was the summer after my sophomore year, going to my junior year. And, you know, I threw hard and, you know, had, had success going to a couple of showcases and tournaments. And I got, I remember I was working, I was helping my dad with the uh, out back with, a, with our deck. And like, I get an email from Bryant saying like, they want me to come out and have a visit. And I was like, to be honest with you, I have no idea where Brian is. Like I never even heard of it before. And um, when I got when I got here to campus, like like I knew right away. I was like, this is where I want to go. Like I just I'm from a very small area in upstate New York. Um, like my graduating class, I had 32 kids in. So like I'm a so I'm a, I was from a small town, and, and Brian's a smaller campus. Um, and it just made me feel right at home. Um, made me feel right at home. And just the coaching staff was just like right up my alley you know they're just the, the philosophy and everything so um just kind of really stuck with me and really you know really excited me to be here and you know I'm, I'm just looking back on it now I'm just so glad that I came here and I was you know here to develop so I was very very happy with that gotta jump in here one last time and tell y'all about betonline.net 
Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds and everything else. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about these trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, we're going to send you guys over to the third and final segment of the Tyler Madison interview. But first, I got to thank you all for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Make your second listen, Locked On MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And now, without further ado, the final segment of the Tyler Madison interview. What a, what were some of the biggest development points across your collegiate career when it when it comes to your whether it's a, an arsenal thing, you know, pitch type thing, or or like you said, maybe a philosophy thing within pitching. What what were the the biggest strides you took from freshman year to to getting drafted while you were there? Yeah, I mean when I stepped in as a freshman, like I was just a thrower, like I wasn't a pitcher, you know. Young and, Verlander. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no doubt, you know, and that, that's 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 just who I was, you know. I had a you know a, a good arm that you know I threw hard, and you know I'll, in high school that just got me by, you know, and because um, in high school, you know, I, I played soccer in the fall, basketball in the winter, and then I picked up the baseball. And like, oh, wow. I, I really wouldn't, I really didn't work on baseball at all in the fall or winter. Cause you know, I loved playing soccer and basketball. So it really wasn't on my mind. And when I got to campus, it's like baseball, obviously 24 seven and in the weight room and everything. So um, just, just developing and becoming a pitcher and just understanding like sequencing and, you know, adding to my arsenal and being more refined with it and just to everything that a pitcher needs to be, you know, and, you know, I, I look, look back at videos of me freshman year and like, I cringe at like my mechanic <laughs> and everything. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, I cannot believe like that was what it looked like. But um, you know, that's, that's just, the, that's just development, you know, and it's cool to see when, when all that works and, you know, it just excites me for, for even more down the line, you know, it's kind of, you know, looking back, you know, maybe three, four or five years, like what I looked like and what I look like, you know, down the road. So it's, you know, it's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. No, that that's a that's a obviously a big step in development and and something that you know going forward will will like you said continue to be something that that will continue to grow. Hopefully, you don't look back at at you you know your yeah. first year pro ball and cringe. But <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? <laughs> you know, right. Um, so I guess then looking ahead and and looking at uh, this upcoming season, minor league baseball is playing games. We, we can't control what, whatever the hell is happening in, and, uh, in the majors, but minor league baseball, you, you guys are going to play. Uh, do you have any expectation of, uh, where you might start out or, or where, uh, I don't know, maybe just plans or goals for this upcoming season? Yeah, I got no expectation of where I'm going to be. Um, you know, when I get down there, you know, we'll be assigned to a team hopefully, and, you know, then go play baseball. But, you know, as in expectations, nothing really, you know, I'm just going to go out there and just, just try to be me and just continue to get better, you know, build off of what I did last year and, you know, just, just have fun and go out there and compete and, uh, you know, just try to try to help the organization out as, as best I can, you know, and, you know, obviously the goal is to keep going through the minor leagues and, you know, make it to the major league, and just continue to, to develop. And, you know, like I said, the big part, just have fun with it, you know, cause you know, it's just good to keep playing baseball for a living, you know, it doesn't, doesn't get better than that. Damn right. Yes, sir. 
the uh, another question that I, I ask a lot of minor leaguers is, are, is it like in the, especially pitchers, is, is it in the back of your mind that the, the, the heavy implication that the baseballs are kind of changed from double A to triple A and there might be uh, they, you know, they had the juice balls in 2019 in the majors and the wide belief because of home run totals in AAA is that those are being used in AAA. Is that something that's like in the back of your mind or just kind of uh, whatever, I'm just going to go out there and pitch. Yeah. Just, just kind of whatever, go out there and pitch. And, you know, if you execute your pitches enough and, you know, you hit your spots and, you know, you keep them off balance, like, you know, you should, you should have success more times than not. Um, so it's just, you know, it's up to you to, to go out there and execute pitches, but, uh, but yeah, you know, all that stuff comes out. It's, you know, it's always fun to talk about and, and different things like that. But, you know, if you, you know, I try not to let it get to me or anything like that, because if you get worked up, then if you're in your own head, then you already lost the battle. Yeah, well, and, and especially, again, like with the Tigers analytics thing, if, if they're looking at FIP and stuff a lot anyway, you know, the, the home runs might not might not matter too right. terribly much right. in the evaluation of you anyway. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, as long as your strikeout numbers are high, I guess that's really right. all that matters. Exactly. Um, so we, we talked about going forward and, and stuff. There, there's one more, uh, one more thing I want to talk to you about, and that's you, uh, you pitched a little in the Cape Cod League, right? Yep. And we, we've seen that uh, a lot. That's becoming a, a really popular stomping ground for a lot of uh, young talent, whether it's in college and, and low levels, the minors even and such. Um, just talk about your, your experience when, when pitching in that league. Yeah, it was awesome. Just a phenomenal summer and just super grateful to get the opportunity to go play there. Um, you know, I mean, you're playing against the best of the best. And, uh, you know, obviously being up in the Northeast, um, like that year was my sophomore year. I mean, we went down and, you know, we played LSU and we played Virginia Tech. So, we, you know, we played Power 5 schools. But, you know, when you're playing the Cape Cod League, you know, one through nine is basically Power 5. So it's, uh, you know, just just – shows you like you got to go out there and you know there's no seven eight nine hitters that are you know weak you can sneak a fastball by them you know but uh it was just awesome and just cool to see you know my stuff play against play against them and uh you know to see the successes that I had and you know the the failures that I had and, and just was able to learn from it um and you know just show myself that like no like you know coming from a small school like no I, I belong here you know I'm just as good as the next guy like you know very good talent on you know both sides of the field, but like, you know, I fit in, I belong here. So just that belief and that confidence boost, um, you know, really helped me going forward. What a, this is one of my, my favorite questions to ask starters who have had to have time in the, in the bullpen. You had one career save. Do you, do you remember your career? I do. Save? I do. Okay. I do. Tell, tell me about, I I'm sure that it stands out and it is uh, somewhat of a bragging point. Tell me a little bit about your save. Yeah, it was actually funny. So uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the, the kid that started the game, he was he was out at Brian and I got to see him and uh, he's always my catch partner. But he started that game and uh, we were playing Niagara. It was down in Cary, North Carolina, my freshman year. And it was a there's a like a round robin tournament. It was uh, Army, Boston College, us and Niagara. And it was a Sunday game. And we lost to Army and we, we got our first win against BC and we were pitching the next day. And like coach was like, all right, you're going to like you're going to pitch today. And I was like, all right. So Vito was the starter. He goes out and it was like a four inning save. And uh, <laughs> I, I picked, I got four innings and like 
I had no idea what to do. Like I, like the game was over. Like I started to walk off the field, go to the dugout and my catcher comes up to me. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, we sh- like we shake hands, we line up. And I was like, oh, I had no, I had no idea. And, <laughs> and uh, it was funny. Then, and then in practice the next week, uh, they all, the, uh, they started calling me uh, Mariano Rivera, just like, just to, just to get at me. Cause yeah. they, they, they knew I like to be a starter and everything. So it was, it was, uh, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I had that, I had that save. And uh, anytime anybody says anything about saves, I'm like, you know, like, you know, I got one, right. And uh, Damn right. Uh, Damn uh, right. No, that's a, uh, that's, that's something that I found with a lot of starters that have logged at, like one career yeah. save. They're very proud of that save. So I figured. Yeah. That, oh that, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Anytime it's, anytime anybody talks about it, I, I always got to make sure I bring it up and let them know. <laughs> Damn right. Damn right. Um, we, we got, we talked a little bit earlier about uh, pitcher development and, and stuff like that. What, on your individual pitches, what are you looking to to develop forward with them? Whether it's the fastball, the the changeup, the curve, whatever. You had a cutter too, yeah. Yeah, I had that last year. Yep. I I love a good cutter. Love yeah, cutters are cutters are tough. Yeah, cutters are good pitch. They're good, but no, just uh, just trying to be more uh, more command with with all my pitches. Um, you know, and just throwing more strikes and you know with my breaking stuff and my off speed stuff just to. You know, keep mixing it up, and you know, not just relying on a fastball. Um, and you know, just to be able to, to be able to pitch more and and have confidence in all my pitches in every single count. You know, that's that's my biggest thing is kind of you know, if my telltale sign for the game is if I have if I can throw any pitch in a three-two count to a guy, like I know I got faith in it. Sure. Um, so that's that's a big thing for me is is just getting over that hump and you know really having that confidence in myself to to throw any pitch in any single count because I feel like if you can do that, you know, you got three, four, five pitches like. You know, as, as a as a hitter, it's it's tough to just sit one pitch. And you know, if you're if you're in the zone attacking, you know, it puts them on the defensive. And you know, now you're in the you're in the driver's seat. For sure. Do they uh, is is a big part of your development going forward going to be um, uh, kind of revolved around maybe like break of pitches, like when when it comes to curveball. I mean, shape is obviously a really big thing these days, but. Um, like adding more break to a, to a change up or a curveball, maybe adding more vertical drop or something like that. Is that uh, a big thing or is your, is your focus now, you know, I, I really like the movement and I'm, I'm just working on command going forward. I, I think it's both ways. You know, I think if I can, you know, become more comfortable and, and you know, more, uh, I guess you could say more violent with, with, you know, intent and everything, you know, maybe, maybe there's going to be sharper break or later break. Um, but you know, there's, I'm not sitting out there being like, I want this to, to move, you know, three more inches sure. you know, vertically, but like, you know, if, if I clean it up and it's, it's, you know, I'm in more command with it and it, you know, I feel freer with it and more loose, like, and then maybe, maybe it happens, you know, and, and, you know, it might take a, take a step forward and might jump up for me. Um, but yeah, just, just, you know, just trying to clean it up and be more commandful with it. Um, it's kind of my, my keys and, uh, you know, that's the analytics part too, you know, it's like right. maybe, you know, you switch up a grip or something or, you know, a release point or just like where you're throwing it. And, you know, maybe you see a, you see a jump in, you know, vertical break or horizontal break. Like, so, so that's, that's, that's the cool part about, you know, analytics and, you know, track man and ref. So it was like, you get to see that on hand first, you know, firsthand right there as you're throwing a pen. So. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think, the only thing I got left for you is I, I always try to get people in trouble. Do you have a, a favorite? You said you went down with your draft class. Do you have a favorite, like, early teammate so far in that class or a favorite coach that, that you've interacted with so far? Uh, my roommate was uh, Austin Murr. The, oh, sure. Uh, from NC State, and it was pretty funny. He's a, he's a huge Olympics guy, and uh, the Olympics were on when we were, when we were down there. So we would uh, – 
was actually funny. We had uh, me, Jordan Marks, and uh, Tanner Colop. We were all, we'd all play cards in the room together, and uh, you know we'd watch the Olympics and like you know just just it was it was fun. It was fun, you know, being around those guys. But but all the guys down there, you know, are, are great guys. And you know the cool part is they're all baseball. You know they're all baseball guys, and they're you know they're baseball focused and they're driven and they're responsible. So you know it just it drives you to get better because you know how hard you know they're working. So it makes you want to work even harder. Um, so. So it's fun, you know, I can't wait to get back down there and see the guys and, you know, have a full season with them and, you know, just keep on bonding and keep learning from them. So it's going to be an exciting time. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for for carving out a little bit of time for me. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. So there you have it, guys. That was the Tyler Madison interview. Like I told you, man, he he was super chill. It was a very, very fun interview. Very, very cool guy. Uh, We will definitely be reaching out and, and trying to have him on in the future again. Uh, and and pretty exciting prospect too, fun guys on, on the back end of a lot of uh, of a lot of the organizational prospect rankings. So really really cool to have him on the show. Hope that you enjoyed the listen. Uh, and next time we speak will be on Monday, which will be the deadline for the lockout. And if there's not a deal done by the next time we talk, then there will be not a full season. So try and have a relaxing weekend with that looming. Uh, I know I'm going to attempt and and try my best. Uh, And thank you guys for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every day. Make your second listen, Lockdown MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues, both past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like ours. So that'll do it. We're we're also, uh, YouTube will be coming soon. We're getting that set up. So by the end of the month, we we should be uh, ready to go on uh, on the tube starting in March. So look out for that. Uh, look out for more player interviews. Hopefully, uh, if if especially if the lockout lingers, that will be something that uh, we an avenue that we keep going down. It's really really fun to talk to these guys and, and get their perspective on any, everything. So thank you for listening. Thanks for rocking with me. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope, and I will catch y'all on February twenty eighth. Go Tigers.